Welcome to the Passion Harvest podcast audio series. Thank you so much for listening today. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. If you would like to watch this episode, please head over to our Passion Harvest channel on YouTube. We love taking you on a journey to discover your passions. Thanks for listening. Hello, passionate listeners. Welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. And if you like this episode, please do subscribe to the show. My guest today is Joanne Horton. In 2018, Joanne suffered a brain hemorrhage and died. Joanne has vivid memories of her death and subsequent near-death experience on the other side. Following two lots of major brain surgery, Joanne chose to use her life experience and knowledge to set up her own healing business to support the development of others. Joanne is the founder of Inner Wisdom Holistic Training Academy, a qualified spiritual life coach, holistic therapist, soul plan teacher, and gives talks on near-death experiences. She is also a published author. This is her story and this is her passion. Joanne, welcome to Passion Harvest. Hi, Louisa. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited you're finally on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So I guess I always like to do a bit of a brief background and a few sentences about you and the pivotal moments in your life that led up to your near-death experience. Whatever whatever resonates with you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I suppose leading up to my near-death experience, I'd suffered with 25 years of depression and anxiety. Um, and prior to dying I'd spent 18 months um, in what I like to call a cosmic washing machine I found myself at the Holistic Healing College in London um, and I'd basically got to a point in my life when I was 37 where I just I needed to do something because the patterns of behavior the stress the depression everything that I kept attracting into my life I kind of hit rock bottom and probably a little bit further so I found myself at the holistic healing college spent 18 months turning my life around by doing an awful lot of work on myself I embarked on a spiritual life coaching course basically um to help myself so I had to face all that was me which was interesting revolting on occasion um really uplifting it was it was an experience that I suppose I'll never forget and I kind of got myself the right way around to a degree where I found myself if you like and I come to terms with everything that had gone on in my earlier years I had found my passion in life I decided that I wanted to help people because the change in me was so significant that something a light bulb inside me went off and I felt like I'd found my purpose that I could help other people who'd suffered with depression and made similar and had similar experiences to me so I set up my spare room and um, I was working uh, a full-time job and doing my holistics uh, part-time if you like evenings and weekends and then in 2018 I found myself on holiday and enjoying myself looking forward to the future, feeling grateful that for the first time in 38 years, I was actually present um, and in the moment. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, I had my brain hemorrhage and died. Wow. Uh, and now this led me on to obviously what I do today. 
amazing. I'm just going to backtrack because it's so prevalent within our society, the anxiety and depression. And I mean, what, what is your advice to someone who's suffering if they don't want to go down the medical route necessarily, it's it's not a long-term solution. What, what do you advise someone who's suffering anxiety? So anxiety and depression, what I've learned on my journey, and it's, it's kind of obvious, but when you're in the thick of it, you don't really realize how obvious it is. Um, if we're suffering with depression, we are living in the past. And if we're suffering with anxiety, we are living in the future. And one thing I've come to realize, not through just through my own experiences, but through death itself, is that we are our own pharmaceutical industry. Everything we need is contained within ourselves. And tablets are like plasters. So all they do is put a plaster over the the core issue, the core wound that is causing the anxiety, causing the depression. Um, So for anyone who is today suffering with um, this illness, my recommendation would be meditation and practice bringing yourself into the moment. Because one thing that death has taught me is that you really do only have this very moment that you're living in. And within a second, it can all be gone. So if you're worrying about things of the future, then you're not living in the present moment. And obviously, if you're thinking about stuff from the past, you're not living in the present moment. And it's not an easy journey to take. But the best advice I can give you is to make a start today to live now in the present moment. That's a beautiful answer. (laughs) really I mean I guess for someone who's in the thick of it and in darkness it's very hard but it's a beautiful way to it's a beautiful and very right way to look at it yeah yeah so I'd love to move on to your near-death experience and what happened okay so um oh the events leading up to the near-death experience were kind of massive for me they made me realize how protected we are and this illusion of separation that we all fall um fall prey to is it really is an illusion so on the at the beginning of so the end of may can i just uh, ask what you mean by the separation for all the separation so one thing that life has taught me is that the our biggest fear Um, is this fear of separation. We all believe that we are separate from one another. Um, And this is why we're so territorial. We live in fear about losing things. We live in fear about our possessions. Uh, We live in fear of failure. And it's all to do with this issue around separation. Um, And what a lot of people have come to realise, or they believe, particularly as youngsters, is that we're all separate and we're competing against one another to live. When in actual fact, we are all one. We are all one of the same. And what you do to another, you do to yourself. What you say to another, you say to yourself. And there is outside of the physical reality, so what you can see with your physical eyes, there is an entire team of beings who are encouraging us, helping us, supporting us, guiding us. It's phenomenal how much we can't see when we just focus through the physical eyes if we shut the physical eyes and open up to our actual eyes you see a reality that is way more profound and a whole lot more real than what um third dimension if you like allows us to see so in terms of separation 
it's the the fear of not being connected to everything that we are alone in this life and in this world when in actual fact we're not um, does that explain it for you <laughs> it does and i think you know often so often we feel it's it was a theme for one of my recent talks actually but so Uh, often we feel like we can do it alone and we're individuals and yes we are one soul and we do create we live in a hologram and we create our reality but actually we can't do it alone and we are so interconnected yeah definitely energetically connected in so many ways yeah Yeah, definitely um so yeah leading up to my actual um near-death experience i wasn't actually meant to be on holiday it happened in Croatia so we got this phone call to say would you like to come for a week all free all paid for no flights so of course I said yes I spoke to my boss who happened to be an absolute legend and he just said yes Joe you're fine go off have the holiday so the universe was making sure I was in exactly the right place um, at the for the right time for this event to occur Um, Now, when I was on holiday, I'd taken up wakeboarding. Um, So it's basically where your feet are strapped to a tray and you're catapulted across the surface of the water, attached to a rope, a bit like water skiing. Um, I've always got my A's mixed up um, throughout life, my attitude and my ability. So even though I was forever falling off, it was a challenge and I absolutely loved it. Um, And I was doing this every day. Um, while I was in Croatia and on the Sunday before I actually died a lady turned up in resort and she had a leg brace from her hip all the way down to her ankle Um, and years before I'd suffered a skiing injury and had a similar brace so I naturally assumed it was from skiing but when I spoke to her she said she'd done it the year before in resort wakeboarding so that instantly kept me off the sea because had I died out at sea there was no way I would be here today um, so that to me was the, the second kind of divine magic, if you like. Then uh, on the actual day when it all happened, I'd been up since I think half past six in the morning. I'd been down playing in a tennis tournament um, and it was five to 11 and the fitness class started at 11. And I remember I was running down between um, the, the buildings, the hotel buildings and the fitness deck was on the front um, right in front of the ocean the ocean was alive with people out kayaking and sailing and there was there was just a real nice buzz around the resort the sun had started to come out because it'd been cloudy in the morning and there was a a group I think think there's about eight or ten of us on the fitness deck and we were doing a a hit class high intensity and one of the first exercises we we were doing was burpees I'm sure some of you are familiar with a burpee. It's basically where you go down into press-up position and then jump up as high as you can and as quick as you can. Um, so I went down literally for my first burpee. And, oh, my dear Lord, the pain in the bottom left-hand side of my head was... The only way I can describe it, it felt like somebody had hit me in the back of the head with, you know, those pickaxes? Yeah. And I remember instantly I was retching from the pain. I fell back down to my knees. I was rolling around the floor. And the fitness instructor, Alana, she came over to me and she said, Joe, she said, you're dehydrated, you need water. And I just knew I was dying. I could feel the separation from my body. And I looked at her and I said, Alana, I'm dying. And then as I fell forward with my hands to the floor, I popped out of my body. Were you there scared at this point? or I was disorientated. I was 
the pain and everything just seemed to disappear. At first, I was fighting it and a voice came and just said to me, stop resisting. And I just let go and I felt really peaceful, really calm. And the physical surrounding kind of blurred into a mass of colour, but I could still hear people's voices. I could hear the panic. And I went from physically experiencing it to energetically experiencing it. So I could tune into people's panic and fear. So but you I left also, your body at this point? Totally. Yeah, I left my body. Um, there's a cord. I had an, like an umbilical cord of energy to my body. And I was literally, I'm a, a bit of a wrecking ball in life. Um, some of my friends would call me the Tasmanian devil because I'm off all over the place. And my grandparents flocked around me. And my great gran was up above me and she was pushing me away from this, the tube, the tunnel of light that people talk about. She was silhouetted by it. And she said to me, no child, it's not your time. And then my great granddad, um, he appeared to the left of my granddad who passed in 2009. And he basically said to me, listen, Joe, this has to happen here and it has to happen now, but you are going to be perfectly okay. And then I was with them. I could, it was bizarre. I was in the same reality as 3D. I was obviously still on earth. I was still next to my physical body. But in terms of where I was energetically, I was in a, a different dimension. Mm -hmm. And what I came to realize is that dimensions aren't destinations. They're a, a way of um, an energetic way of being, a way of thinking, a way of it's just the way you are. It's not like a linear process like we mm -hmm. experience in human form. It's just a layer. It's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's a state of being, if you like. Um, so then 24 hours more or less passed, over 24 hours passed. And the next thing I remember was being back in my physical body, um, which was really bizarre. But just going back to the divine interventions before I carry on with my story, the, when I passed on the fitness deck, they were calling my family lovingly, were calling me. Do you know the film Gone in 60 Seconds? No, I don't. Yeah, there's a film called Gone in 60 Seconds, um, and they were literally saying, gone in 60 seconds. I was from pain to on the, on the deck. Um, my heart stopped. The, the paramedic who saved my life was holidaying in place of her friend who couldn't come. So she took her place last minute, and she was right next to me on the fitness deck. She performed CPR and hooked me up to the defib. The paramedic the ambulance station for croatia was right next door to resort so the paramedics got to me in under four minutes wow. the surgeon who they flew in to perform the surgery on me was the specialist in his field in europe and he was holidaying in croatia so they airlifted him in via a helicopter to save my life so they were this is what i mean by you've got an army of people yeah. around you and um, so anyway, I came to in the hospital and my granddad was still with me and I could feel myself connected more to my physical body and the, the motion of colour that I experienced when I left gradually came back and it was kind of morphing into, it was almost like, um, do you call them kaleidoscopes? Mm -hmm. Do you remember the children? Mm -hmm. it, it was that kind of image, imagery. And then there was a man um, stood in front of me and he was talking to me 
but I was tuning into his feelings more than his words because his words were very distorted. Couldn't really make head and a tail of what was going on. I could hear lots of beeping, see uh, machinery. Um, and then my mum appeared and her head was silhouetted by the clock and the clock read five past four in the afternoon. And I remember thinking, my God, that was a bad headache. And then my mum explained to me that I had suffered um, a brain hemorrhage caused by an aneurysm, which I didn't know I had. Um, and obviously the exercise had caused this aneurysm to burst. They had taken me to the first hospital in Croatia and they had scanned me and confirmed that I'd had a brain hemorrhage, but they weren't equipped to deal with me. So they had to blue light me three hours across country. My mum was so upset that they wouldn't let her in the ambulance. So she had to go and hire a car and travel three hours across country using a sat-nav on a phone, not knowing where she was going and not knowing whether I was dead or alive. And then when she did get to hospital, they wouldn't let her in because obviously I was down in surgery. So she's had to wait till the following day. Um, the brain surgeon said that he couldn't see any long-term damage, but obviously he wouldn't be able to say how long it would take me to fully recover. Um, now, miraculously, I walked out of hospital 10 days later with absolutely nothing wrong with me. And the surgeon and the team just said that I was um, a miracle. Then statistically, what they said was only one in four of people who have what I have make it to hospital. Of those one in four, 70% die. And the 29.9% that do survive tend to have long-term health issues or need a considerable amount of recuperation um, I, I it clearly it was meant to happen I know it was meant to happen it was the final thing that I needed to get out of my own way and um, I now know that I'd planned that in this lifetime to keep me on track um, but for me it was evidence that we really are protected and there is an army behind us who will ensure that if we are not meant to be in immediate danger, then our life, our life will be saved. Mm. So I just felt so blessed. And my experience in hospital was, I had this ability to leave my physical body when it was in pain. So I would go back to it, gauge where my head was at, and then I'd think, oh no, and I'd come away from that. And I could, go around the hospital I was in and out of um, different rooms but what I struggled with when I fully integrated back into my physical body was understanding what was my story and what was other people's stories who were in the ward or in, in intensive care with me to the point where when I first did a Facebook post to say to everybody I'm fine I'm alive and well thanks for your wishes I told the story of a man who was in another room in a coma not my story so my mum had to help me understand what was my story and what was other people's stories oh interesting so the man that was in a coma were you telepathically talking to him or you just yeah I, I'd connected to him and I was telling his story of how he'd had this um he'd had a massive stroke and he'd ended up in a coma and he was in his body but he was able to hear and see what was going on and my mum was like Joe that's not your story that's a guy who's in the next room how do you know that so <laughs> 
it was kind of, oh, having to make sense of everything that had happened to me, understand my own story, um, and then fully connect with my body. What I found really bizarre, I could be walking down the street and I could feel myself kind of coming out of my body. Like my, I, could, I was so aware of my energy. I felt like I was still a bit disconnected. So I felt like, um, have you seen Ghostbusters? You know, the big marshmallow? Years ago, yeah. Yeah, I felt a bit like him when I was kind of in my body. Um, but yeah, it was... What an experience. It's, it's incredible. So aside, I mean, um, amazing and I, I, it certainly has changed your life, but aside from yeah. meeting your ancestors who had passed mm -hmm. over or crossed over, were there any yeah. other experiences that you recall during your death while you were dead? Um, during my death, there was, um, it was for me, it was, yeah, my second lot of brain surgery where I was visited by other beings. But the first time, no, it was my experience in terms of when people came to visit their loved ones, I didn't so much hear what was said. I felt the emotion that they had towards their loved ones. Does that make sense? This is once you come back to yeah, your physical once, body. Once I was back in my physical body and... I could hear a pin drop at the other side of the hospital. It was bizarre. My hearing, my, my senses were so switched on. I could smell things. I could tune into people. And I could see people at a distance having a conversation. And all I had to do was think about those two people having that conversation. And then I was in that vicinity and I could hear that conversation. It was this, these skills that we have which when we're inside the physical body and we've A, never experienced it, we've, we just have no comprehension for the magnificence and the capabilities that we have mm. inside this, this physical body. So, yeah. What a spiritually transformative experience. So do you still have those gifts that, yes. or do they dissipate? You do? I do. Oh, I, my uh, God. <laughs> not, not so much. When I... Went back to resort. Um, this was really good. I, mean, I was so lucky. I wasn't fit to fly for two weeks. So the resort where I died said, oh, come back and stay with us for two weeks. So I literally went back to resort and carried on with my holiday. So I ended up in Croatia for five weeks, um, which was ace. But when we got back to resort, I could hear birds. And I'd say, oh, can you hear that? And people would be going, what, what, what? And then... A minute or so later, this huge flock of birds would appear. But I had this ability to hear before they came. Um, there was people out at sea uh, playing on boats, uh, kids in little groups. And I could literally hear what they were chatting about, what they were talking about. And I'd often giggle um, listening into the conversations. I could, my sense of smell was through the roof. Um, and when I came back to the UK and I started, uh, carried on with my holistics, I suddenly became, it was bizarre. I went out for a walk with my dog, Bailey. And I remember leaving the house and I was out for an hour and I don't really remember the walk. But when I got back to my front door, it was like, oh, how did I get back here? Have I been for this walk? And I just had this urge to write. So I'm a, I'm a typer. So I came in and I sat down and I typed. And I typed about two and a half pages from a guide.
and this message basically told me that um, I had to learn to use the spiritual gifts that had awakened, that I had no need to worry, no need to fear, that I was protected, that I was here for a reason, that I needed to uncover more about who I was, etc., etc. So I wrote all this um, information down to myself. But obviously you start questioning it. I'd got back into 3D and mm -hmm. this magnificence of all that we are starts to fade off into, was that real? Was I dreaming it kind of thing? Um, but yeah, the talents that I've activated, um, I now channel a lot. I channel, there's some work in my book, which I had to rewrite because it was too, it wasn't, the words weren't fit for today, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so do you channel I, by writing or? Yes, writing? I tend to write. Yeah, I write. I've got um, uh, a guide called Zeke and every now and then he will come in when I'm walking Bailey and I can go for three quarters of an hour and then I'll just come out of this conversation that I've had. Um, so I've really had to work on grounding myself because I was very scattered uh, to mm -hmm. begin with. Um, I'm also an angelic Reiki practitioner and for some bizarre reason when I started doing angelic Reiki after my near-death experience loved ones would come in icy cold really vivid and they started coming in when I was teaching and what I had to do was learn to when to engage and when not to engage because once they start, if they, they know they can get a connection with you, mm -hmm. they won't stop and it's quite distracting. Right. So I had to learn to manage um, these skills that I'd, I'd activated. But I just, I keep growing, keep learning, keep pushing myself. How interesting. So, I mean, people always say they come back with a message for the rest of the world or yeah. obviously you, you've talked about your gifts. But what is your message to the living, coming back from your death experience? Okay, so life is, what I've come to realise is life really is a game and we take it so seriously. Um, we are here to, to live, to follow our passions, to follow our joy, um, to be happy. And the majority of us, we come into being and we are forced into this structure and this regime and we kind of, we're conditioned all the way through our lives and we all have this inner fire, this inner passion. And it can start as a kid and we might have this dream to be um, an air pilot or to be an astronaut, say. And a lot of the time our parents will say, oh, you know, don't be so stupid. You need to get a mainstream job because our parents have gone through this process and they're very shut off. My advice is, whatever your passion is, is what you are here to do. And when you follow your passions, the money, the happiness, the abundance, the loving relationships, everything that you seek will come to you. You're here to live a happy, positive life. And you need to step away from the structures and the regimes that are in place because they don't serve us. It's something that has been brought to this planet hundreds of thousands of years ago and we're going through a time now of transition and everything that you seek is on the other side of your fears so if you're petrified of doing something i guarantee you it's what you're here to do that's it that sounds exactly like what i say 
Yeah. I love it. So um, obviously you're very happy do you, and you experienced severe depression and anxiety in the past. Yeah. Does that ever reoccur? Yeah, to be fair, um, we, we come into being and we all have a purpose and we all have this plan, but fulfilling your life purpose is also a life's work because we're living in an egotistical world and we are trying to connect with our higher self and I suppose part of the game of life is coming into this balancing um, of all that you are and it's really, you can't just flick a switch and you're fixed. Part of the journey is to understand yourself on a really deep level, to look at all the stuff that you don't like about yourself, your shadow aspects, to accept that there's no such thing really as good or bad because everything is one of the same. Um, with me, my depression, believe it or not, after I'd come back to the UK, despite the fact that I had had this profound experience, I found myself in a deep state of depression once again. Mm. Um, and I think it was because when I died, I felt plugged in and all my fears and worries were taken away. But then as you begin to come back fully into your physical body, back into the reality that we perceive, you feel like someone's unplugged you. And my brain went back down this, this road of feeling depressed and miserable. And it took me not so long this time. It probably took me about three, four months to snap myself back out of that. Um, and you just have to keep going, understanding what your triggers are. It's, if, if you look at your life now, if you're having issues, you've created that it's that's been your life's work so you can't expect to undo it in a few days in a few months you have to love yourself honor yourself you have to be prepared to go through all that is you um, and you have to be prepared for the cycle of life because the cycle of life it's not about being happy all the time it's about happiness itself is inside of you but what we're all here to do is experience life on lots of different levels. So there's always going to be experiences coming into your life to help you grow. So even if you perceive an experience as something challenging or something that's pushing your buttons, it's happening for a very valid reason. And I think with regards to any illnesses that we have, I am a big believer now in fact, I just I come from a place of knowing with this, there is no such thing really as disease. Everything is manifested with your mind. Um, all disease is born of our thoughts and our emotions are the soil that nurtures those thoughts. And if we can change our thoughts, ultimately identify with our limiting beliefs, um, we can change our emotional reactions, turn our thoughts into more positive ones and create more of a life that we want to lead. But it's always going to be a life's work. It will just get easier the more you come to understand yourself. It's challenging, and, isn't it? Yeah, it is challenging. But you can look at these challenges as a positive. Instead of thinking, oh my God, this is going to break me, think, oh, where's this going to lead me? This is going to take me to the next level of my being. Um, this is going to help me to achieve whatever goals I, I want to achieve. And ultimately as well, in this, in this life, we all have a choice. So it's up to us how we face those challenges. 
do we sit and go back into the way we've always dealt with things or do we sit up and say this is going to hurt but this time I'm going to choose to to do it this way and keep evolving and healing ourselves and and learning I love that beautiful advice you know in challenges like where's that going to take me it's just such a, a great um story to tell yourself i just yeah. wanted to touch on before you mentioned when you were coming out of depression earlier on in the interview that you yeah. didn't really like yourself oh no i didn't how does someone deal with that when they don't like themselves they don't oh. love themselves and it's easy to say love yourself and it's but how, yeah. how, how and why don't you like yourself yeah so i when i grew up i was born in the 70s uh, to a single mum um so Anyone who's familiar with the 70s being a single mum, it's kind of unheard of at that time. I didn't uh, know my real dad. And then my mum was obviously young and she had partners throughout her life. And the adults, let's say, they weren't always particularly nice to me. So I ended up growing up with self-worth issues, self-confidence. I didn't believe that I fit in anywhere. I felt like I was thick and I was stupid because I didn't do well at school. And I kind of ended up um, living on my own at the age of 16 stroke 17. And I fell into the damaging patterns of behavior with drugs, alcohol, etc. And I hated myself to the point where I couldn't even look in the mirror. I, I didn't feel like I was worthy of any happiness. I didn't feel that I was worthy of love. And so I developed this pattern of behavior and um, self-sabotaging and law of creation or law of attraction, whichever you prefer to call it. I always attracted what I put out. So the patterns that I experienced in my younger days, I then replicated with my adult relationships all the way to the point where I died. Um, it was just this cycle um, of behavior and I got to the point where I was heavily medicated um, and I'm sure there'll be people out there. For depression? Yeah, for depression, mm -hmm. anxiety. I was on medication on and off, more on and off from the age of 17 to just before I died. Mm -hmm. So how many years is that? Terrible at maths still to this day. What to say a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a while. Um, so, Yeah. I forgot where I was going on my trail, Louisa. You were Remind talking me. about your um, medication that you were on oh, for many, yes. many years just before you yes. died. But, and, and, and just repeating the patterns of relationships and cycles yes. and negative coping skills. Yeah, that is exactly what I did um, all of my life. But what I, what I found myself doing, and I'm sure some people can uh, relate to this who are listening, what I found is you have your people who have experience stuff in their life you have post-traumatic growth or you have the post-traumatic stress where you go the opposite way so you kind of see two sides to it you have people who like myself I used to mask my depression by overachieving so I didn't let people see what was going on inside but then you will have the the, the other side of the coin where people will uh, they will not be able to mask what is going on inside of them. So the way I coped with it, they put me on medication and I actually got to the point where I was so dependent on it that even when I felt great, as soon as I stopped taking that medication, I would go straight back down into a depressed state. Um, I tried 
meditating or I say I did I say I tried these things but really my heart wasn't in it and I was dependent on the tablets and I was living in this I must show people that I'm worthy I must show people that I'm I'm deserving of love if you like the only thing that changed for me um, was working with energy and the first treatment that I found was Reiki um, and I went to a initially it was a reflexology which a friend had bought me for my birthday and she said joe have you ever heard of reiki so i said i have but i've never had it and she said i can feel an awful lot of pain in your heart space and i do think that reiki would really help you so i went and i found um, a reiki practitioner and i can honestly say that what reiki did for me in the space of four weeks medication had never done for me in the space of 25 years it was like a cloud had been lifted. And that was when I started to open up to the fact that all physical disease, uh, mental illness, anything that's of discord in the body has an energetic counterpart. And as my journey progressed, what I came to realize is that the, the metaphysical, the energy part of life is ultimately what impacts the physical self. So if you look after yourself on an energetic level, your physical self will thrive. But no tablet on this planet can make you better. Does that make sense? It does. It will mask your problem and it will, it will give you a crutch, if you like. The, the pharmaceutical industry are very good at helping you to believe that you need their product but ultimately everything that you need is inside of yourself and i can't stress that enough and i'm not saying drop all your medication and say i can do this because prime example i had to have a second lot of major brain surgery last year because they found another aneurysm oh my in my right eye um, and they basically said that the aneurysm I had on the left hand side of my brain the original that was repaired had got what's called coil condensing um, and they said that they potentially needed to put another coil in but I was at very high risk of a stroke because it was an aneurysm that was plugged so if the pressure caused the plug to unplug itself there would be nothing they could do for me this time and they also said that the aneurysm behind my right eye would render me blind and I was torn for a wee while about do I show to the world that I can heal my brain myself versus am I at that point in my life where I believe I can heal my brain myself do you see what I mean you have mm -hmm. to accept where you are on your journey so in the end I opted for surgery but I spent the four weeks waiting for surgery focusing on the original aneurysm and I focused on it being well and I turned completely to a vegan diet. I did self-healing every day with Reiki, crystals, meditation. And when I came in for uh, my second lot of surgery, they took me in on the Monday, they operated on me on the Tuesday and I was under in surgery for five hours. Um, the following day, the surgeon came to see me and he said, Joe, he said, the original aneurysm has healed itself and we don't need to do anything with it. Wow. He said, we put a stent behind the uh, aneurysm in the right eye because if it burst, you would go blind. Um, and he also said to me, 
for the next two years you will be medicated with um, clopidogrel and anodin to thin the blood. My body rejected the medication and I still to this day haven't had any medication since my brain surgery. When they released me from hospital they said I would need four to six weeks off work and I was back at work 48 hours later and I still to this day haven't had any issues. So there really is a lot to be said about the mind. Our thoughts do create, yes. Yeah, your power to make yourself better. I'm just wondering, are you of the belief that um, your aneurysms were created by your previous negative thoughts and depression, your energy? Yes, Yes. you are. Definitely, definitely. So I have had issues with my um, parents all of my life. Um, I realise now that that's part It's not of that my... uncommon, lots of people do. Yeah, we all do, <laughs> don't we? I realise now that that was part of my path and part of my journey. Um, so I really honour and respect everybody who's graced my life, whether it be for a challenge or for a loving experience, because I wouldn't be where I am today. But after dying um, and really getting interested in energy, I looked into uh, the metaphysical um, aspects of these il- illnesses that I've and injuries I've had throughout my life. Um, Aneurysms in the brain are connected to issues with mum and dad. Left for mum, right for dad. A burst aneurysm is anger towards that parent. The left one burst, and I've always been angry at my mum. Oh, no. (laughs) No. So I was like, oh, great. So I came to realise I did all this to myself. Um, I'm so glad that I did, because I wouldn't be where I am today had Mm. I not done that had those experiences and interestingly i broke my left knee uh, in a skiing accident and if you break a knee it's concerned with being submissive to that parent left knee i've always been submissive to my mum and i broke it and when i was a kid i suffered with chronic earache to the point where um, i was hospitalized a couple of times and earache um, is concerned with being in an environment that is verbally abusive and that is what i was in um, as a child so there the you just for me i come from a place of knowing now because i'm blessed to have experienced um, what many people talk about with regards to other dimensions, uh, our energetic cells, our higher selves, but everything is born from energy. So if you're on medication, carry on with that medication, but I cannot encourage you enough to go out and find and connect with your energy centers, start doing energy healing and get to the root cause Mm. because all the tablet will do is turn you into a paying customer for the rest of your life. If you work on yourself energetically, you will free yourself and become your own customer and create the life that you want to live whilst being healthy. And you are a beautiful example of that, Joanne Horton. Thank you. (laughs) It's been so wonderful to have you on Passion Harvest. Is there anything else? And you really, really what a great experience and how free you are and and how much you've learned from all your experiences and how grateful you are. Is there anything else you'd like to talk to the Passion Harvest audience about? Um, no, I just, I want to say thank you, obviously, for listening to me. And I just, I really want to encourage you all to get to know yourselves on a deeper level. Um, if you've got a spark of curiosity inside you, 
for example, something to do with um, a spiritual therapy or something to do with past lives or energy work, whatever it may be, follow that curiosity, follow that spark. If you've got doubts in your mind about what you're seeing on the media, what's going on in your outside world, then look deeper into what you're being called to understand, what you're being called to reveal. And if any of you are in situations, um, whether that be a place or with people or doing some kind of job that isn't serving you anymore, then don't wait until tomorrow. Don't put things off until another day. Because when I say all we have is this present moment, I can't stress it enough. It's, it's up to you to be happy. It's up to you to follow your passions. It's up to you to live a life that really does set your heart on fire. Because one day, you won't be in this life. Death doesn't exist as we believe it in the third dimension. Death to me is a rebirth. Um, and I strongly believe that a lot of people on this planet, if not all of us, have had hundreds of lives and incarnations here on this planet. And a lot of people say um, that you only live once. But I say that you should live your life and be happy and follow your passions. Because if you don't do it in this lifetime, you're gonna come back here again and repeat the, the cycles and the negativity that you're trying to escape from in this life. So be brave, step past your fears, follow your passions and live in the moment. Yay, I love it. <laughs> that was beautiful, thank you so much. You're most welcome. Joan Horton, I've, I love it. I love it. What a beautiful ending to the show, Passion Harvest. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's been a real pleasure and a delight and a passionate delight. So thank you. You're most welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. That is the end of our passionate episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends and spread the passion. As always, Every day, may you be more and more passionate.